0: Welcome to another edition of the Faithfully Entrusted Podcast with author, teacher, pastor, Dr. Travis Tyler. I'm Zachariah Pugh, and I will be the host for today. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you're listening to this podcast, watching the podcast. If you're uh, watching us through Spotify, we appreciate your listenership. And uh, as always, we try to uh, discern the word of God and uh, share truth with you here on the Faithfully Entrusted Podcast. So, Travis, how are you this morning?
1: I'm blessed, brother. Thanks, for asking. Getting ready to go on vacation. So, oh, well, very nice.
0: Early. Good for you. I like it. Um, <clears throat> you're going to see Travis and I in the same clothes for the next two episodes, if you uh, over the next couple of weeks, because we're going to record two today, and we're going to touch on two very difficult topics. But it's something that I've uh, I've been kind of talking about us doing on the podcast. We just finished up the month of June. And in June, it's Pride Month. Um, and uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a biblical perspective on homosexuality. And then next week on the podcast, we're going to get into gender and what does the Bible say about gender. I think that um, both of these topics are right in front of our face right now, um, unless you're living in some sort of a hole. Um, it's, it's protruding through our culture. And uh, I thought it was important for us to, as does Travis, to talk about this and just kind of get a biblical perspective on <clears throat> where we stand. It's a touchy subject, um, and it's difficult. Uh, I don't want to speak for you, Travis, but I know it's difficult to to get into the weeds of this. But I just think it's really important for us as believers to know what we believe, why we believe what we believe, and to stand firm uh, on our belief system. And so we will do our best today uh, to wrap this in as much gospel as we can. Uh, Travis and I always have a lot of pre-conversations, and this is not about, uh, on really any of our episodes, giving our opinions um, about what we we think. Uh, that's part of the problem with our culture today. Everybody has an opinion of what their truth is, but looking at the scriptures and diving deep into that and uh, making sure that... um what we have is founded in the gospel. And uh, I know that's what you and I believe, that the Bible is God-breathed. It's fundamental. It's the core of everything we believe. So that's why we go back to the Bible.
1: Right. So 100% correct. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into it today. Yeah. We're, really, we're kind of breaking the um, L and the G off of the LGBT. Well, maybe LG and then B off from the T. Which actually is something that's kind of happening culturally, those of yeah. you that are not familiar with, with those letters. I think most people know by now, but L is lesbian, B is bisexual, G is gay. Uh, so gay men, lesbian for women, and then B for yeah. bisexual. Which
0: I think is I think it's good. I'm glad you did that, because I think that's... I think everybody hears the LGBTQT plus, and they're like, "What are golly? What's that all stand for?" And and I think and Q right.
1: is questioning, maybe, yeah. And then plus is whatever we missed, right? So kind yeah. of their other yeah. world feeling, like whatever in addition to that. But today's episode will pretty well focus on homosexuality. Uh, that is, you know, a man seeking to love a man and to have a relationship with him in a sexual sense and a woman seeking to love a woman in a sexual sense. And I guess that will also by proxy cover by sexuality as well. But um, so let's, um, let's dive into a few of these things today as they come up. First of all, we'll need to understand the Bible's teaching on sexuality in general, and then dive into this topic specifically. Um, So we've been working through at grace Genesis and Genesis was written by Moses as a apologetic book. I don't know if you think of Genesis that way, Zach, but it was an apologetic book that was written to show Yahweh. The Lord God is the one true living God of all, as opposed to Baal or these other gods that the Israelites are can, you know, wanting to worship. And it still holds as that today. Yeah. Now, it's very clear that God's intention when and when he created man was to make Adam and Eve. And when he made Adam and Eve, he um, made one man and made one woman. And that was God's plan and intention. And that's how procreation would continue, was through one man and one woman. Two men don't have the ability to make a baby. Two women don't have the ability to make a baby. That's not just theology. That's biology. Right. Uh, so this is the way God designed. And so men and women and their sexuality, honor, and, and enable being husband, wife, and bearing children create what theologians call the Imago Dei. The image of God is transferred by the two complementary sexes getting married, having a relationship within the bounds of marriage, and producing children. That's the fruit of marriage. So you know the Bible says in genesis five the book, the genealogies of adam in the in that day when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God, he created them male and female, and he blessed them and named them man in the day when they were created. so women as women, you know we'll get to this on transgender one, but women being attracted to men it's part of God's plan. Uh, we'll see in Romans, I think we may touch on Romans today, that um, part of God's judgment to a nation in the Romans, one spiral is one of the last things to go in a culture is when women turn, Paul tells us in their affections for other men to other women and turn towards women for that kind of uh, relationship. Um, this is not a new sin. It's been around for since Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> since the fall of man, yeah. this has been a problem. Um And, uh, you know, I I think that we need to be very clear that the Bible names this as a sin. Um, of course, Leviticus 18.22 says that. A lot of people reject that because they say, well, Leviticus also says you can't have shirts of mixed fibers and you can't have all these different things. and And I understand that because we we live under grace now but it doesn't appear that you know Jesus said he didn't come to abolish the law but rather fulfill it. I think the best way to think about Old Testament law is probably to think of it in terms of like at least three different divisions. I think we may have talked about this on the podcast before. Have we done this before? I can't remember.
0: We've touched I think we've touched on some of it through our, you know, how to be a mature Christian. Yes. Yeah. discerning so, the word of God. Yeah.
1: The um the one type of law is ceremonial. That would have been how they would approach God prior yes, to the cross. That's right. Uh, there would have been civil laws of the day, which was, you know, pertain to the- theocracy in Israel. And then there would have been <clears throat> uh moral laws. And we see those moral laws reaffirmed. And we don't see the like mixed fiber one reaffirmed because that was a civil law that made them distinct from their neighbors. But we do see a biblical sexual ethic handed down and reaffirmed by Jesus, you know, as he affirms the Genesis narrative that Moses gave in Matthew 19. <clears throat> and we see Paul reaffirm that in Romans as well as first Corinthians and second Corinthians. Yeah. So first Corinthians six, nine through 11 and Romans one 26 through 27. So, um, so we see that there is a, a priority given over in scripture to, biblical definition of sexuality and and what we do um what what has happened i think is we have adopted a freudian view of sexuality in our culture over a biblical view and what freud did was he said you know i see all these animals and they have mating seasons and they you know particular seasons like for crappie you know they they spawn in the spring you know what i mean or for turkey whatever but humans aren't really like that. Humans don't have like, it's not as regimented yeah. as it is, as sexual behavior is in nature. And so he wanted to study it and he wanted to kind of figure out like, well, we're, we're all together, different species as the animal kingdom. And so we're, we're, you know, sexual preference and all that is more uh, an issue with human beings being a different species. But this is actually a teaching that's over and against what the Bible says. <laughs> you know, like the Bible doesn't teach that we're, uh, it teaches that we're we're made in the likeness of God. And so we're distinct in that way, but we are still made of flesh, right? Uh, we are still made of flesh and blood. And so there's a particular here uh, guideline and command that God gave so that his people would perpetuate his likeness fulfill his plan to subdue the earth you know and we were we were given in genesis to rule over it and part of that is fulfilled in the sexual behavior that is found in a man and a woman
0: so yeah absolutely and i i think that's where uh, i saw a statistic the other day that of of the uh, of this was a poll against evangelical christians uh 16% of them thought that homosexuality was okay. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to to have this and do this podcast is because I think there's been this call it a stereotype or assumption um that if you're in church on Sunday the people sitting around you and next to you believe, you know, no, this is a sin, that's a sin, that's a sin. It's definitely creeping into the church where Um, And and you see this in culture, too, Uh, and and this is, you're right, homosexuality, even transgenderism has been around since the beginning, you know, since, uh, I agree with you, since, you know, Babylon and uh, post, after the flood, Um, this is not a new issue. Uh, What has changed in American culture um, in the whole idolatry, separating ourselves from God, in my opinion, um, is the fact that people have become acceptive you may not be a homosexual you may not have any homosexual people in your family but you're accepting of that that sin now and I think that's what makes it really difficult I think the numbers are in the you know it's like 70 80 percent now of culture as a whole is accepting of homosexuality and then now that started that has started to get into the church Um, and then that's what's difficult Galatians 5 9 says this a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough and Jesus warned of of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees so the the issue of and and to, to, you know i think i think sexual sin as a whole you know not just the sin of homosexuality but the sin of you know sex before marriage and adultery and other things like that i think that those sins have set the stage that's the little leaven that Jesus was talking about um those sins in the church have opened the door for more and more and more sins. And now we're to this egregious sin. And we both know you read in the new, in the new Testament, you can read it throughout the, all the prophets. When, when you give yourselves over to the, to, to homosexuality and other, those sins, your culture is destroyed.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting when you trace the history here uh, in America, for example, in 1973, The APA, uh, American Psychiatric Association, reformed homosexuality from a list of mental illness to no longer being a mental illness. And that's not that is not that long ago. I know 1973 probably feels like a long time for some of our listeners that are younger. But my wife was born in 76. So, you know, like.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs)
1: That's within one generation. that we. This mega shift in culture on on the understanding of of that and and I the conversation in the counseling field shifted around that time from homosexuality is wrong to uh, a more you know a very Freudian understanding where is denying self is wrong so to thine own self be true. And they had to change how they build things so that they could build for, you know, well, I need to help them work out their identity. And then this their their desire for this particular sexual action became not just a desire for a particular sexual action, but became their identity. Yeah. And that is that is going to be played out, you know, through rights for this group you know i don't know the people that are listening i'm doing quotation finger rights for this group <laughs> uh and through all these other things but um that that whole concept of to thine own self be true it's really very dangerous yeah right no, um, It's,
0: i mean you're going against the 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 i mean we go back you 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 referenced uh genesis five um you know you go back to the end of Genesis 2 and Jesus, your know, God, you know, Moses is writing this. God says, for this, the reason a man will leave his wife, his father's mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That's the foundation of creation in us. And so when you try to put two men together, you try to put two women together, it's like, it's like trying to wire a battery backwards. Like it's going to crash and burn and explode yeah uh it it can't be done and that's why it's so it's that's why it's so difficult
1: well it's not even that it's dr rosaria butterfield which i've referenced Mm -hmm. on the podcast before i heard her speaking about this and and i and if you are listening right now and you're maybe you are involved in a homosexual relationship and you're sitting here and you're listening but i'm a gay christian i am um i am a or you're not a christian at all you're saying i'm I'm on the side of justice and I'm on the side of, of, you know, compassion and letting people love who they want to love. And I will hear people like I think the CEO of Apple or the former CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, said he thinks homosexuality is a gift from God. Well, I don't know what God is referencing because it's not the God of the Bible. Uh, you know, it may just be a, a lot of people when they say God, I, I'm getting to a point as a pastor for reading the Bible and they, I don't really even like the word God anymore because it's so vanilla and bland. And most people just mean a meaningless vacuum sea of love yeah. and rubber stamping, whatever I want. It's like I've, I've gotten to the point where I've just started saying the Lord God. <laughs> so yeah. No, no, that's, you're, you're that's,
0: that's, a, you know, that, yeah. I mean, and again, this is all part of the culture. You're exactly right. Like, we need to, when we hear God, I think, and I think this is a little bit of just marketing in a way. If you're a Christ follower and you hear someone say God, you immediately just go to the assumption that they're talking about the one true Lord, Holy God, Yahweh. Mm-hmm.
1: They're,
0: they're probably not. I think that, that that's it's it's funny you brought that up because that's something I've had to do, where in talking with some other people, it's like they talk about God. And especially like when you hear people like, well, we're going to pray, let's pray to God. I don't think they're praying to Yahweh. I don't think they, they don't know Yahweh. They don't know God. They don't know our God, the one true God. They're praying to another false God that they've created or has been created by other people. So, um, that's a really good point, Travis. To, to but, think.
1: but I will hear some people say, well, I'm, I'm going to sanctify my homosexuality. Like I will hear this kind of talk. And what they really mean is I'm going to domesticate my sin. And and here's the reality. There is no room in Christianity for any, and we're going to repeat this in the next podcast, but there's no room for any sin. Like the cross cannot be friends with what it is an enemy with and crushes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's there's no room in identity of a Christian for gay, lesbian, bisexual, there's no room for that. Um, You're called to be something radically different. You're called to be a new creation in Christ. And you have to leave those things behind. Yeah. Um, but, but, Dr. Butterfield pointed out, she said, when people say I'm going to sanctify my homosexuality, what they mean is I'm going to try to domesticate my sin. But remember, I think we had a podcast not long ago. We talked about the nature of sin that it crouches at the door. It seeks to have you. Mm-hmm. It's the equivalency of, you know, you're out in the jungle and she said, you find this little 25 pound baby tiger and it's cute and it's fluffy and it's sort of defenseless at 25 pounds. And so you're like, I'm going to bring this thing home and I'm going to feed it and love it. And you have some cute little memories you make with it. And then one day it eats you alive.
0: Yeah. That happened to a guy. I heard a sermon a few weeks ago. He had bought a uh, a, a baby rhino. He lived yeah. in like Africa. Did you hear this well, story? I thought
1: it was a hippo. It, was, it was, a hippo. was a
0: hippo. Yeah. And it literally it grew like up the and, and it, it drug him into the water and ate
1: him. Yeah. It, two hole punched him.
0: And I think I think that's the thing that we need to remember when we talk about.
1: Have you seen baby hippos? They're very cute.
0: No, they're amazing. Yeah. Just like you.
1: And the murderers.
0: <laughs> that's right. But that's all we need to discuss is that I, I think that um homosexuality to me, it to God, it's a sin. It's no different than a sin that I might have with adultery. Oh it's not. It, it, you, right? Uh-huh. It's 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 just sin. And the scary thing is how it's been it's like you said, it's been it's the sanctification of it, right? That it's now it's okay. It's something that is, is culturally okay and and you know, you have you know lgbtq plus pastors and um i mean that's what's scary but you were talking about this earlier about the the shift in our culture from a counseling standpoint from the standpoint of um a psychiatric standpoint i think the 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 biggest disservice and this is what's so hard um if if someone is listening to this podcast and they are a homosexual and they think that it's okay they're going to hear everything we say is hate and as not being loving and everything else. And I think the thing that I would tell Christians is we, we probably, the church has historically probably not handled homosexuality homosexuality well, um, probably brushed it under the rug, not talked about it, afraid to touch it. Um, We need to have compassion and love for these people because they're just in sin, just like we are in sin, whatever we have. Um, We don't need to justify it, but it's, it's just a struggle that they, that a person has just like we have. And I think that that's, that's what's so hard is there is a fine line. I, I talk to a couple of my buddies here at work. Like there's this fence row of when do you stand in the gap? When do you not stand in the gap? When, you know, because I think a lot of people have gotten into the whole, well, let's just love these people and accept them. And we'll just stand on the fence row here and not actually take a position on either side. That's, yeah, de- that's-, that's detrimental as well. Right. Like, so, you, yeah. I mean, yeah. you get.
1: Could- You can be friends with people that don't hold the same views you do. Right. But you're not going to be brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. That's the line. You know what I mean? That's exactly right. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a friend who's an atheist. Now he's, he doesn't, to my knowledge, he doesn't struggle with it as he's married to a woman, but, um, you know, we have fine conversations, but I'm not going to call him a brother in Christ. And he would not, he would probably be offended if I did that because he's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, fellowship's reserved for only believers that have the Holy Spirit, and and you know, like I said, that's people who take their prime identity from Christ and not, not just from homosexual, but from anything else. You know, anything else. There's no room for anything but Christ yeah. uh, as your prime identity as a believer. And having having
0: real quick, just put a bow on what I was going to say. Having compassion. I mean, the, it, it, it's just like we were broken before we came to salvation. Mm-hmm. These people are they're broken. And like, you know, having compassion on them and speaking true to them is the, is the best thing that we can do. And that's what's so difficult in twenty twenty three in the culture. It's really hard to speak truth to people. They don't want to hear truth. And I think we hit a nail on a head, something that I hadn't really thought about, but it's been hovering around. The God that they say is okay with their homosexual sin is not our God. Mm-mm. I know that's kind of an easy, as I'm even saying, I'm like, yeah, duh, duh. Mm -hmm. but we really need to be careful when we're talking to people and having these discussions that they're not talking about the same God you're talking about. And and I think that helps equip people.
1: Well, and the other, the other thing too, I'll point out while we're on the subject, because the only way you can know who God is is through his word. And what I have noticed developing, you know, when I started ministry 22 years ago, homosexuality, homosexual marriage was outlawed. You know, it was basically the larger culture particularly of the Southeast, did not view that positively, but that's all shifting and mm. has shifted since I've been in ministry. And so what I've seen is people trying to make more and more sophisticated arguments from the Bible against the biblical position on sexuality. And um, you know, you'll you'll hear them say, Well, I think the Bible's authoritative, or I think the Bible contains the word. And it's a real slippery slope that they try to do, but there comes a point where you have to say, well, I I need to be very clear. I, I think this Bible here is infallible, and I think that it is inherent. So it doesn't create error. Like, I don't think that uh, Moses got it wrong 2,500 years ago or 5,000 years ago, and we're just now figuring stuff out because we're born now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a generationalism that comes with that. Uh, and then if they say, "Well, I just you know," and and then they'll get into the weeds. And here's what they commonly like to say: "Well, how do you know your interpretation's correct?" And what you know, like our Presbyterian brothers are very clear. You know, there there really is not room for multiple interpretations of the Bible. And I don't agree with everything Presbyterians say, but on this particular, some of the nuances, yeah, there's a little bit of room. But I'm going to be very clear on the podcast today. On major issues in the Bible, there's no room for multiple
0: there's, there's There's not. There's it's not. what
1: the author said and what yeah. the author meant, and that's it. Uh, it's not reading your culture backwards. You know, C.S. Lewis talked about that one time, the critics of his day wanting to, like, tear down his work and rebuild it in their own image. and That's what they're talking about. So you get to a point where you're having a discussion with somebody and they want to go to the interpretation argument, Yeah, and you're probably going to have to look at them and say, we're not reading the same Bible. We're not reading because the same in Bible. their eyes, yeah, you know, well, it it may be the same pages, but they don't see it and understand it and view it the way we view it, and they don't see the God that we see.
0: It's just like it's like it. It talks about and in, in God, you know, God, God has closed the eyes of the Jewish people for this this church age season, you know, and in the New Testament, where it talks about it, you know God will give you over to your deprived mind, you know. Revelation 22:18 I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book if anyone adds to them God will add to them the plagues that are written in this book and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy God will take away this part of the tree of life from the holy city which is written in this book you don't add to the bible you don't take away from it the issue of homosexuality and sin adultery lying you know not loving your neighbor not the, the, these are black and white issues in the bible there's there's no there's no ground for even discussion on it.
1: Well, and, and to finish up the thing on, well, you know, if you get to the point and say you're not reading the same Bible I am, I I would conclude the, the discussion and say, look, one of the two of us is going to hell, right? We can't both be right. Either I'm right and you're going to hell or you're right and I'm going to hell, but we can't both be going to heaven with what we're discussing. That's right. right. Yeah. And that plants a seed, I think. Because yeah. remember, the Bible, you know, and, and I'll hear things like, well, inerrancy and infallibility. Those are new biblical concepts, are they? Because in Jeremiah, <laughs> all the way back thousands of years ago, he says to the people in like 29 and 35, I've sent you my word, meaning. Jeremiah and the prophets that came before him. But there were always, in Jeremiah's time, false prophets who were telling people what they wanted to hear.
0: It's not new. Ecclesiastes, Solomon, there's nothing new under the sun. I think that sometimes, you said it a second ago, we tend to think it's 2023, this is new stuff. I heard uh, David Platt in a conference a few weeks ago say, uh, it's amazing to me how, um, you know, we have 6,000 years of gospel and truth. And some 20 year old kid comes along and is like, yeah, I've got this new idea. Let's follow me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but,
1: um, it's yeah. so dumb. Yeah. And like, that's you know. what, you know, the, we, we'll do a different episode. I think we're going to tackle the issue of women pastors another day. That's another example. The egalitarianism you know, the is creeping in like crazy. We didn't see a lot of that till 1960, you know? And so, uh, You know, this right here, the topic we're looking at today, not till the 70s. Feminism until, I mean, earliest, you know, 20s and then up until the 60s. It's relatively new in church history. Um, But anyhow, so back to the topic at hand, we got to recognize brokenness. Uh, Rosaria Butterfield says, understanding my own sin was essential in learning to love others who were different from me. We're all sinners in need of God's love. And she would always make the point, you know, she was a lesbian Teacher of a derivative queer theory, which was a derivative of um what's that? What's the big RCT? What is that called? I can't. Critical think. race theory. Yeah, like critical race yeah. theory is yeah. a derivative of critical theory. Yeah, it's, queer it's, it's, theory. It's a, it's, a new, it's a new.
0: It's a new. It's socialism. It's just a new. Yeah. And so, of socialism.
1: She had to. She had to give all you know, kind of all that stuff up. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, but she'll always say, God didn't save me from homosexuality, he saved me from sin. That's right. And just happens homosexuality is in that that list, you know. Yes, that's so right. that's an important distinctive, I think. Yeah. Um you said we need to extend our, our love and compassion. I think we need to remember those. You know, this is really if you're somebody that's involved in homosexuality, you're welcome to listen to this next section, but I want to talk to believers who know that it's a sin and are convicted of that from the Bible for just a minute. I'll often hear questions from church members about how do I interact with my, you know, it's most likely going to be a friend or in particular what they get roped into is a family situation.
0: A family member. Yeah, absolutely.
1: There's going to be this family member at Thanksgiving. They're going to bring their boyfriend or girlfriend and they're a man or a woman. And I don't agree with this. What do I do? Do I even go to the dinner? You know, what would you say, Zach? Do you go to Thanksgiving? Do you go to Christmas? Do you You, go to birthday?
0: You got to go because if you ain't, if you're not there, there's not going to be a light in the dark world. Yeah. It's hard. It's tough. I, I've thought about we could, not to get us off the rails, but like, what if you have a son or daughter who's getting married? Do you go to the wedding? That one's Mm -hmm. more difficult. You know, that's, that, that would, that would be a lot more prayer and discernment. But I think, again, we keep talking this. This is about homosexuality and it is, but it's about sin. You know, yeah. I've there are people in my life who I love who are in sin, who are not followers of Christ. I don't don't do things with them. I try to spend as much time with them as I can uh so I can share the gospel with them so that right. so that they can hear the you know, be salt and light and hear the the light of Christ. So that's my answer. Yeah. You got you got to be there.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think you cut them off from you know, family functions. But I, but I think a bridge too far for me is going to be supporting homosexual marriage, mainly because I don't think the Bible recognizes that as legitimate marriage. Yeah. Um, It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be any different than there was a pastor down the street here not long ago who uh, had his wife passed away and um, his ended up, his secretary got divorced and he married her and she divorced him with the intention of marrying the pastor that he was single. But that's really sin for both of them because it destroyed a marriage, you know, and he was free to do whatever being widowed, but the other one was not. And so, um, you know, do you go to a wedding like that? I I don't think so. Yeah. You know? And, and (laughs) and I think that's, 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 that's
0: that's exactly what I'm talking about though. Like this podcast is about, homosexuality but we also need to remember it's about sin you know and it's like what are the little things that we have done in our culture the little leaven how many how many have you gone to a wedding that you probably shouldn't have gone to how did you even think about it like did you even was there a conviction even over it um well and you
1: i don't know if they repented over it but but you know one thing that i would say is this too because another part of this discussion has to be on faithfulness versus legalism, right? And and we need to talk for just a minute about definition of terms. Faithfulness in the Christian faith is always measured in works and action. Always. Faithful Christians are those who do the word. James makes that very clear. Don't be just hearers of word, be what? Doers of word. He's calling Christians to faithfulness legalism is different legalism teaches that you are saved because of what you do mm-hmm. and that is heretical yeah that can't be true yeah because if that's true then the gospel's false which is you're saved by grace through faith yeah. and by the completed works of Christ and Christ alone so um Amen. yeah i i think we've got to have some honest and open dialogue you know dr butterfield says that um, the gospel comes with a uh, a key. Uh, what did she say? A door key? Yeah, a door key. Uh, it was through the grace of hospitality that she came to the Lord. I was listening to her testimony again to get reacquainted with it. Over 500 meals at that pastor's home before she became a believer. Wow. Over 500 meals. Yeah. Hospitality. Yeah. I want you to think about that for a minute, Zach. You got like 500. Like it blows the whole concept of, what I call drive-by evangelism out the door, where it's like, "Will you accept Jesus?" It's like many times we as Christians we want to tell people what the Bible says, but we don't want to tell them what the Bible is. And there's a big distinction there.
0: Well, and I think it's it's the, that <laughs> example shows about how we're supposed to live. It's what Jesus did. You know, Jesus taught truth, but he also he lived it out. You know, people. He had compassion on people. He, he loved people. You know, he talked to people, especially in that culture. You know, the woman at the well, he should have never even been speaking to her in their culture. You know, he should have even addressed her. And so, you know, that's the thing that we've got to remember. I, and I don't remember you talk. We, we've talked about her testimony before, but gosh, I had, I had not heard the 500 times. Like, what would.
1: 500 times, two years.
0: What would What would, you know, Jesus said love the, you know, there's a new commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Like if we just loved our neighbors and loved people and showed compassion on them and were patient with them and just brought them in, you know, and I, and I think this is where you get, we talked about like, what do you do? How far do you go? There's gotta be discernment. You have to be smart, you know, um, about how you engage, but it's the fact that you do engage.
1: Dr. Butterfield says, genuine dialogue helps build bridges and fosters mutual respect. Let's seek understanding, even when we disagree.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, when she originally set out to write on Christianity, she was going to try to either debunk or try to find some kind of middle ground for her life. Because, you know, she thought she was living right. I mean, she thought she was in the right. And these people that live this life, they're they're convinced of the same thing. We're the bad guys. You know (laughs) what I mean? Yeah. And we're the, we're the haters and the mean people, uh, in, in their, in their story. And then what, what we need to do is prove that wrong and make Jesus what they're truly seeking, not the validation of their peers.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And then that goes with the net, The final thing is I would offer support in, in discipleship. Um, I think they need to see loving community. Jesus said that they, they will know you, how you love one another, mm. They need to see individuals in the church love each other. They need to see church members love their pastor. They need to see their pastors love the church people and church members. Um, you know, there there needs to be a a place in the church where people can ask honest questions that they may have. I don't know that Sunday morning during preaching is the best time to do that. Maybe a over dinner, or you create a, a support group of some kind for those that want to explore Christianity more, but are skeptical, but where they can answer, ask honest questions and get honest feedback. Uh, Dr. Butterfield, again, the nuggets are all through this episode. There's so many nuggets from Dr. Butterfield. We need to be communities that offer love, support, and discipleship to all people, regardless of their struggles or sexual orientation. And she is 100% correct. Yeah. 100% correct. Um, So the, the main, um, Points here I think we've covered today, um, and I I think that we've just got to make clear uh, in this closing point here from Dr. Butterfield. Let's remember that our prime identity is in Christ, and through Him, we can learn to love one another despite our differences.
0: I think you said it earlier in the podcast that a lot of these people, it's pretty black and white and clear. They've placed their identity in something else. They've placed their identity in a sexual situation, and we— as heterosexuals do the same thing. How many times in my life did I put my identity in a girlfriend or in a job or in a in a house or even in a church or, you know, some sort of leadership opportunity? Like it took me a long time to learn the lesson that my identity must be rooted in Jesus Christ. And until I do that, until he's my everything, um, it's a tough road to hoe because everything else is going to let you down. Mhm. right so all right well thank you for that wisdom today travis remember everybody you can all if you have questions you want us to address something faithfully entrusted at gmail.com is where you can email us we would love to talk to you we'd love to hear feedback on what you thought about this podcast if you ever hear something and you're like hey i didn't agree with you guys i thought that was a little off hit us up we we uh we always joke about don't email us but we want you to email us we'd love to hear some feedback from you we're in a cultural battle um uh, and, and the Bible tells about us. You know, Satan is a roaring lion seeking someone to destroy Satan and sin and everything is always crouching at the door. And I think what we have to remember is our sin can always lead to more depravity and that's where we're that's where we're at. So we can focus on homosexuality and we did today about how we combat it as Christians. We have to remember that sin it creaks in the door just like a little bit of leaven through other things, things that maybe you deal with more on a regular basis. And so those things can destroy and, uh, and unfortunately, that's what we're seeing through idolatry in the United States. So, Travis, do you have any final thing you want to
1: add? Uh, nope. I think we got it all covered today.
0: All right, man. Cool. Well, thank you for listening to the Faithfully Trusted Podcast. We really appreciate your listenership. We will see you next time. God bless. Have a great day.